Wonder, wonder working power. Good Lord. I wish you could uh, be in my study with me when I'm studying sometimes. I know when I get through today that the half one I have been told. <clears throat> I wish you could just sit with me sometime to study and read what I read. I get so excited. I want to share with you some of the glorious things that I read. I can't get them all out. But I want to mainly today go over five different texts and talk about them. And there is power in the blood, folks. I love the prayers and song we heard today, which really reinforced this. I'm going to read these five texts to you and then break them down a little bit. Revelation 12, 11. Speaking of the struggle against Satan and some of the martyrs. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the end. To the death. That's how they overcame. That's how we'll overcome <coughs> by the blood of the Lamb. First John 1 7. When we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. <coughs> and the third one, and all of these have context. I wish I had time to go through the context of all of them. I don't. But I wish I did. Maybe you can do it later. Glorious context. Hebrews ten nineteen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest for the blood of Jesus. These are all amazing truths. And then some great news for the people in the Old Testament. They were pretty down. I'll tell you about that later. They were pretty down, like you may be down today. They saw their sins, how ungodly they really were without Christ. And so they were in danger of maybe going to despair. Some of the things that God had just told them. But there's a remnant there that uh, was brokenhearted. Some of the people are hard-hearted. Like, I hope there's nobody here today hard-hearted. That may be. may not make a dent in you. I hope it will. But the Lord had really let them have it there in 118, I mean in chapter 1 of, of Isaiah, which I'll come to that later. But uh, he told them how ungodly they were, how he wasn't even going to listen to their sacrifices, and even told them, said, you're full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores from the crown of your head to the bottom of your feet. And that didn't even dent some of them, but some of them were almost in despair. So I like what John Gill said about this. He said, this is really a parenthesis. He said, this verse really had nothing to do with what went before or what went behind. It's like God just threw something out there, that remnant, the brokenhearted, which there may be some brokenhearted today, if you see your sins, as you really ought to. So you can imagine the people beat down their sins. They knew it was true. Uh, probably even worse than the Lord said. When they would do good, evil was always present. Always messing up, always backsliding, trying to come back again. And just about in despair, and oh my God. What good news from the Lord. Isaiah 118. Come now. 
Let's read them together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Oh my, what good news. And then finally, because of the strength we get when we realize this, and we need to realize it, you'll have to pardon my emotions. I don't like to get emotional, but I do. But there's something we all get emotional about, really. So, if we do have the reality that we have been cleansed and there is power in the blood, we're strong in the Lord. We can take on all comers. That's why I chose Proverbs 28.1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth. The righteous are bold as a lion. And thank God we can be as bold as a lion. Now I'm going to read you the song we just got through singing. I love that song. I just love it. I sang it myself several times this week and listened to some YouTube people. <laughs> the Oak Ridge guys are pretty good, by the way. If you want to hear the Oak Ridge brothers, they're pretty good. But I love this. Let me just read this, and I'll read the chorus last. Some of you uh, trust are in this condition today. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Would you? Any of y'all laid down by sin? You don't want anybody to know about it, really, do you? You put on a pretty good front. Sometimes in your heart, you get pretty, pretty down. That's kind of common for a child of God, by the way. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you, or evil, a victory to win? There's power in the blood. Would you be free from your passion and pride? I would. I got so much thinking, passion and pride sometimes. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. I love this. Come for a cleansing to calories tithe. <laughs> There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you whiter, much whiter than snow? That's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in the life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. You know, I had an experience one time about that whiter than snow. Uh, I was sitting out here on one of those benches out here in the backyard one morning having some devotions. I got over to Psalm number 51, and uh, I just got emotional about this. I memorized that Psalm years ago, but I got pretty emotional when I read this, and the Lord put it in my heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And here's what got me about that. David was already a saved man. David was already a saved man. But he had sinned against God. He had sin stained on his conscience. And you may have sin stained on your conscience, too. The good of it, if you repent of those sins and turn from them, you can be whiter than snow. And I love that. I just got emotional. Purge me with hyssop. That's the kind of thing that they usually get to a little plant. They drop drips of blood and some of the ceremonial uh, things they did. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me. I shall be whiter than snow. That's possible in your conscience. Probably some pretty bad consciences here today, but that, that can be whiter than snow. Which goes right along with 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to give us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I want you to be whiter than snow. And there is power in the blood. So here's the re culmination of that, that we feel the power in the blood. Would you do service for Jesus, your king, would you? I hope you would want to. I really hope you want. I don't know what your goals are, you young people. I hope you want to serve God. That's the most important thing in the world you can do. It's the only thing that will give you, only thing that will give you lasting satisfaction. 
only thing will be uh, a comfort on your deathbed is serving God. But the devil wants to not do that. He wants to rob us of serving God. He'd like to take your young lives, who are young, and waste them in the cultures of sin and of the deliverance of this world. Would you do service? For Jesus, your king, there's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you live daily? His praises to sing. There's wonderful power in the blood. And I love that chord, don't y'all? There's power, wonder-working power. Power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, wonder-working power, precious blood of the Lamb. I think that's wonderful. Now, I've got some things I'm thinking about. What kind of problem do you have? I did some meditating this, year, this week. I, I won't, this won't be a complete catalog. I've got to keep, me, keep wiping my nose, but dang it, I could quit crying. I quit doing it. <laughs> uh, all right, what kind of problem do you got? I'm going to name a few, and I'm going to resonate with some of you, and you can probably name some others, okay? Guilt, you got guilt? Boy, that's a bad thing, isn't it? I get guilty sometimes. I mean, I feel terrible sometimes. Sin to old and sin to commission. You have any guilt? Well, there's power in the blood. You know that? Uh, how about discouragement? Are any of you ever discouraged? You look at the world around about you and see how God is getting. Uh, and it looks like all the decks are stacked against us, doesn't it? The mainstream media, the, even government, horrible government, uh, just lifting our face, our fist in God's face. And there are other things that discourage you also. Well, that's power in the blood to take care of that. How about fear? You ever get afraid about anything? Y'all, don't, tell, don't lie to me. If anybody, anybody never get afraid, don't raise your hand up. I'll call you a liar. <laughs> Fear. One of my favorite scriptures is over in uh, 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So I get a lot of fears. And you know, one of the most common things Jesus Christ told his disciples was, Fear not. Remember that? They had all kinds of times. Look it up in your concordance. Fear not. I'm with thee. So the blood will help you overcome fear. Spiritual coldness. You got any spiritually cold people here today? You don't admit it. Not at church with all your brothers and sisters. Any of y'all get cold spiritually? <laughs> don't even want to read your Bible sometimes? Don't want to pray? Don't want to go to church? Kind of go through the motions, but you're not really enthused about it? Well, there's power of the blood about that too. Uh, how about loneliness? Do you ever get lonely? You know, isn't it amazing? And even a crowd, you can be lonely. Sometimes people in a great big crowd, they're just lonesome as they can possibly be. I think that's kind of common. Don't let that get you down. Don't feel like the Lone Ranger. Because God, the devil wants to make you feel like the Lone Ranger. And that nobody's ever as bad as I am. Nobody knows what I'm going through. I'm glad people can't read my mind. I'm so lonely. I'm around a bunch of people, but I'm so lonely. Listen, uh, the devil tried to work on Elijah, on Elijah that way. He said, the Lord said, they've uh, torn down your altars and killed the prophets, and I'm the only one that's left after me. God said, Elijah, man, that's not true. There's 7,000 who have not bowed the knee of the image of Baal. And besides, the most wonderful companion is Jesus Christ. And I'll read that text in a minute. I'll read it to you right now, talk to you about it, but I'm going to save it for a minute. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That means him and his children, but mainly him and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. So don't be lonely. you got Jesus Christ. 
you just don't keep putting him at a arm's length and think I can't come to him because I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. That's what this power of the blood is all about. See? So you shouldn't be lonely. So the blood can cure us of loneliness. He's a friend. I'm going to preach a sermon pretty soon on friendship. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. A friend. I love friends, don't y'all? One of the greatest gifts you'll ever have is good, godly friends. You can't buy them. You can't buy them. But I got to tell you, kind of a funny car I got. It's a, I probably should do this, but I think I will. There's a car I had one time, this old cowboy, and he had his uh, holes in his jeans, this old, you know, some beard on his face and stuff. Had J four or five days, and he wrote talking. He said, "A friend like you, is harder to find than a good horse," and that's the truth. So, a friend, a good friend, are kind of hard to find. But brother, we got friends with each other. But we got friends in Jesus. He's a friend. Sticking close to their brother. He told over in the John, I think in chapter 15, I'm not calling you servants anymore. I'm calling you friends. Isn't that wonderful? Who is Abraham? A friend of God. A friend of God. Be friendly. If a man would have friends, he must be friendly. Be friendly to God. He's your best friend. Don't hold it off at arm's length. So this blood will cure you of loneliness. How about grief? There's lots of kind of grief. Love, losing loved ones. Maybe a loved one fixing to die, have some kind of disease. We already grieve before it even happens sometimes. My friend, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from grief. How about, a, and finally, and I, I, you could go on more of this even. This is my little catalog. A hard, unrepentant heart. That's bad, isn't it? Sometimes God people can get hard, have a hard, unrepentant heart. So what you need to do is pray for God to give you a soft heart. The blood will do it for you. The blood will do it, folks. Uh, over in uh, Jeremiah, he says over there, Lord, he said, turn me and I shall be turned. After I was turned, I repented. He felt real bad because he didn't, he did he wouldn't, he didn't. I don't always feel repentant. I know I got a lot of bad sins, but sometimes I just get kind of hard, stiff arm them. And, uh, but I don't get a soft heart. God, the blood, my friend, can soften your heart. So those are a few things. Now let's look at Revelation 12, 11. I'm going to go through these verses. Uh, and talk about them a little bit. Revelation twelve eleven said again, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. They were their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death. This is a context of warfare. It's a context of warfare. If you'll read that context, the devil is fighting them. So they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. We have lots of enemies. Do you know we're in warfare today? We're we're not in a real literal fighting war like they are in the Ukraine. But we're in war. You gotta realize that. We have enemies. Number one is Satan. He, not, he may not be number one. I, there may, I'll tell you who number one may be a little bit. We're refighting Satan. You know, I kind of hard, I, I kind of had a hard time getting ready for this sermon. That's why you need to be praying for your preachers, not only when they're preaching, also when they're preparing to preach. I've been working on this sermon all week. But just a bit here and a piece there, I couldn't put it together. And I snatch a little something here and get cold over here and Watch a little time over here and just almost in despair. So finally yesterday, I said, God, I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to give you three hours. Would you please have mercy? And he had mercy on me. And it came together. I, don't, I believe Satan was hindering me, don't you? I don't think Satan wants me to preach. I don't think Satan wants you to hear. So Satan, hit, but my friend, we overcome the devil with the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to tell you a minute how the mechanics work. I'm, you can't just say ABC and all that. I know that, but I'm going to tell you some things I think we be practical to you. Satan's real. He hates us. He wants to destroy us. Listen, 
Every married couple need to remember this. Satan is after your marriage, even though you've been married for a long time like me. He's after my marriage. I don't want him to get it. The blood helps me to stay married well. He wants to destroy all the old people. He, he wants you to kind of, at the end of it, kind of give up and coast. Don't, do, don't coast like that. Be like jo Caleb and Joshua to the very end. When old Caleb was 85 years old, he said, give me this mountain. Give the Lord your very best. He wants your, you middle-aged folks, he wants, he wants to get your life. Get so distracted by things, you really can't serve God. He certainly wants the young people to blow those minds and bodies and spirits he's given you in the words of this world. So Satan, he hates us. Also, the world, the, our environment. We know that's always been true, but it's more true today than it's ever been, I think. I've even heard commentators, brilliant commentators say, we know the world's always been a bad place, and it hasn't been a bad place. It, ever since Adam sinned, it's been bad. In fact, it's said over in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It also says in Genesis, the earth was filled with violence. It's so bad, God brought the flood on the world. But I still agree with the present-day commentators. I don't think we've ever seen as crazy as we have today. This transgender stuff is insane. That's just one of the things. It's just absolute insanity. I think the devil's out of the pit, and he's really calling the saints to do battle toward the very end. The world's against us. Uh, they call evil good and good evil. They put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Uh, they put light for darkness and darkness for light. It's prophesied that happened in Isaiah chapter 5 that would happen. It's certainly true today, as you well know that. We got some elections coming up. I voted yesterday, early voting. I hope we have a good outcome in our city elections. I hope we have a, we think this 2024 presidential election, all kind of crazy things going on. It's craziness on both sides. So the world, my friend, is against us. It looks like it's, but we can overcome the world by the blood of the Lamb. And then the worst enemy is probably our own carnal, sinful nature. I was talking to Jimmy Barber yesterday. He said, I tell you, I'm so ungodly, I don't think I need, I don't even think that even need the devil to tempt me. I think I'll do pretty good on my own. Y'all ever feel that way? My own ungodly heart, and I'll have that until I die. But I can fight it and must fight it. How do I fight it? By the blood. This is true of all God. I wish I could have read you some stuff. I won't read you this, but I've read all kinds of things where saints in the past felt to be the ungodliest person who had ever lived, but my friend, they knew the blood had cleansed them. Don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger if you feel like a total ungodly sinful failure, because in some ways you are. But my friend, God knows about all that, but he loves us with all his heart. He knows how to give us everything that we need. We overcome, not on our own. Don't grit your teeth say, I'm going to make it. You ain't going to make it by gritting your teeth and by main strength. Now, you've got to work hard, but that's not where it's really going to come from. The grace of God is going to give you that. Pray this prayer in Ephesians 3.16 that God will strengthen you with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's what we've got to have the strength. So we've got those enemies. We've got those enemies. All right, now how are we going to overcome it? I'm going to give you some... Uh, this is sound, it's simple, it's basic, but it's true. Okay, I've read you the text. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How are you going to do that? What does that really mean? Well, here's what it really means. You've got you to gotta know, believe, and meditate on the Word of God. That's what God gave you that to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You've got to know, you've got to meditate on, you've got to believe the Word of God. How much are you in the Word? I keep saying that. I won't keep saying that. You need to be in the Word of God. There have been so many times in my life, it happened often, 
I feel so weak, and I'm just almost going to despair. But the beautiful thing is, when I get in the Word of God, I almost instantly begin to gain strength. That's the way God designed it. We need the Word of God. Do you really believe the promises of God? Do you really believe it when he says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee? Do we really believe that? Oh, God's forsaken me. These bad things are happening to me. I don't think. Do you really believe it? He promised us, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you remember, I preached on that before from Hebrews 13, 5. There's a five-fold negative there. Do you believe that? How much more does he have to say? I'll never, 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 never forsake thee. Do you believe that? What did he say? God, help me to believe your holy word. All right, now I wrote this down. You, gotta, you can't just do it on your own. Either. Even that you can't do it on your own. The Holy Spirit, you get that? I, I wrote this down, I'm going to read it. The Holy Spirit gives us fresh apprehensions of the blood of Christ shed for us. That's beautiful, isn't it? You know the Word of God. Many of you have been studying it for your whole lives. Many of you are older. You've been in your wonderful Bible studies. I'm glad we have a congregation with many Bible studies. But what you need is the Holy Spirit needs to give us fresh apprehensions of the Word of God. It needs to become real to us all over again. And God got a way of doing that. So don't despair. Keep at it. And my friend, the Holy Ghost, in his own good time, will give you a fresh apprehension of the Word of God. You'll be enthused about it. Here's something Philpott said. I love this. Good old English writer. So I wish I could read you some stuff I read this week, but I ain't got time. We'd we'll be here all day. The Spirit shines on the Word and raises up faith in the soul to believe that the Lamb had been slain for us. Let me read that again. That's great. Get this now. The Spirit shines on the Word and raises up faith in the soul to believe that the Lamb had been slain for us. This gives us a foothold on which we can stand. I love that. I want to tell you some expressions I love. I'm going to tell you two expressions I love. This one of them is Hansard Knowles, who was a great Baptist that lived back in England in the 1600s. He underwent persecution. Came to the United States one time. Uh, I won't tell you all about him. He was one of our forefathers. Had a really tough life. He was a brilliant scholar. A brilliant scholar. But anyway, one time there's a sister in the church. Now this won't happen all the time. I just want to give you an expression he wrote. There's a sister that's dying. She was dying on her deathbed. She requested that Brother Nolis come and stay by her deathbed during the day and read to her and help her die. So he did that. So one day while he's by her deathbed, and she's almost in a coma, then the devil, he said, assaulted him. Now, you know, the devil's real. I don't know how he real, is real to you. He's so real to Martin Luther up in the Wartburg up there, where Luther did translate the Bible to German. One time Luther became so aware of the devil's presence, he threw an inkwell at him and got ink all over the wall. That's how real he was. Now, I know he didn't get him that ink, but I appreciate the passion he had. That's how real the devil is. So Nolis is there with this woman, and uh, she's, she just uh, starts making some gurgling sounds, and the devil spoke to him in his heart and said, you don't believe the word of God, because God said if you'll pray for something, you'll receive the answer. That's, that's the short version. But all of a sudden, now this is unusual, but it happened. He said, faith well up in my heart. And, and I love the expression that he uh, had there. He said, I shall, exer- I, I sh- uh, not the word exercise, what, what now? I'll, thank you. I like. I like. I'm going to act faith. I want you to act faith. He's a devil, died a liar. I'm going to believe. And what he did, the woman began 
to exhibit activity and she was healed. That didn't happen but only one time in his life. I'm not saying that will happen to us. But, but in fact, but people came from all over England to see her. It's an amazing thing. But I love you. I shall act faith. That's what you need to do. Devil, I'm going to act faith. I'm going to believe the word of God. You say that. See if God won't help you. I'll act faith. I'm not going to wallow in my self-pity, in my weakness. I can't do anything on my own. But devil, I'm going to act faith. Another expression, while I'm at it, this has nothing to do exactly, but in a way it does. You remember uh, hands on the silver skates or whatever that is? Well, old Roth, you remember? Old Roth got that head injury when he was working on the dike. So he's he a comatose, practically comatose for many years. Then that famous doctor came operate on his brain. Remember that? Great story. Y'all read that. I think I'll read it again. Been thinking about it. But anyway, what I like about this good old Dutch Calvinist, when he finally came to his own, he said, Let's have a chapter. This is God's day. Don't you like that? My friend, get you a chapter on God's day. Get you a chapter on every day. He, Let's have a chapter. It's God's day. I love that robust faith. We don't have to cry in our uh, milk. I thought I said something else, but I should. <laughs> we don't have to cry in our milk. Just, my friend, we can act faith by God's grace. We can act faith. All right, now that's what I'm going to say on Revelation 12, 11. Get in the Word of God, believe the Word of God, and God to help you the Word of God, ask the Holy Ghost to reveal things to you. Open thou mine eyes, I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. That's the blood, my friend, overcoming by the blood. That's what they're talking about in a practical way. All right, now, let's look at 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, that's Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Uh, we have fellowship one with another. Now that's talking about primarily, according to the language, it talks about fellowship with God, but it also includes us either. If we want to have fellowship with each other, we've got to walk in the light. Now listen, you can't walk in darkness and have this to happen to you. This is not a salvation text. This is a fellowship text, an assurance text. This is not a salvation text. John's assuming these people are saved. I'm assuming you're saved. But you may be walking in darkness sometimes. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, it said in verse 6, we lined it up the truth. If we say we have fellowship with him, are you walking in darkness? Are you doing things you know you shouldn't do? Are you hiding things from anybody? Any you kid doing something your parents don't want you to do? It's easy to do. We got computers, we got cell phones, we got all kinds of access to ungodliness. Are you hiding something? Are you living a lie? You've got to put them on a good front. Anybody putting on a good front here today? But you hope to God nobody find out what you're really doing? You can't live that way, my friend, have fellowship with God. Why live a life of slavery? The devil wants to enslave you. Live a full, open life. Yes, you're a sinner, but you can immediately go to God and repent and beg for forgiveness, and he will forgive you. We need to keep short accounts with God, not let a lot of stuff build up. If there's somebody you've got a grudge against, do something about it. Don't let something simmer for years and years and years. That's ridiculous. Go try to get reconciled that precious brother or sister. God would like that. He does not like it if you have grudges against each other. Anybody here exercising unforgiveness? Get over that. God forgiven you. It'll be easy for you to give anybody what they've done to you compared to what you've done to God. He's freely forgiven you. We got to walk in the light. And then we do. Hallelujah. The blood, and that's a present tense. It cleanses us. From all ungodliness. Now I made a few notes on this. Let me say this. Our walk in the light will not be our walk in the light will not be uninterrupted. Don't say, oh, Brother Zach, I'm gonna go here. Wow, I'm gonna walk in the light. I'm never gonna have trouble again. That won't work. 
you'll have trouble again, but get up and get on it again. If we walk in the light, as he's in the light, present tense, we have fellowship one with another. The Lord Jesus Christ, his son, present tense, cleanses us, cleanses us, cleanses us from all sin. All right. I love what Phil Potts said about this. If guilt returns, and it will return, his power may be proven again and again and again. Now, can I add some more agains to it? Fresh applications of the blood to our consciences. We need fresh applications of the blood to our consciences. Fresh applications. And he'll do that. Isn't it wonderful to be a Christian? Isn't it wonderful to have the word of God? It wasn't depend on the blood of God. That blood, my friend, still had an effect on us today. We don't need to be saved again. Well, let me tell you, today, the Lord willing, this afternoon, we will not only have the Lord's Supper, we have the washing of the saints' feet. One of the most beautiful texts in the washing feet is this, over in John uh, 13, 10. He that is washed, needs not say to wash his feet. Let me stop right there. But he's clean every whit, and you're clean, but not all. We're talking about Judas' chariot. All right, look, there's two Greek words for wash there. He that is washed, that means a complete cleansing. Complete, it's a Greek word, complete cleansing. That's people who've been saved by God's grace. He that is washed, once and for all, may does not save except to wash his feet. That's a practical text, and it's a different Greek word also. What that means, that's a, that's a practical text. That's begging God for forgiveness. That, so you remember that today. Two things to think about. We have been completely washed by the blood of Christ. We're justified, as one of the brethren prayed today, I think it's maybe uh, Ryan, about justification. We're not guilty before God, in a real sense, legal sense, true sense, but we still mess up, then we need to wash our feet. And our brethren need to help us wash our feet. So he that is washed, hallelujah, we all also hallelujah, needeth not except to wash his feet. That need to be done often, and we wash our feet. We need to keep our, help each other stay on the straight and narrow. I'm glad to be a church member, aren't you? We help each other stay on the straight and narrow. Tony Machiavelli used to say the church is Sinners Anonymous. It is Sinners Anonymous. Sinners Alcoholics Anonymous, a bunch of old alcoholics trying to stay straight. A brother, Sinners Anonymous, a bunch of old sinners trying to help each other stay straight. If we see a brother or sister doing something they shouldn't do, go them by yourself, kindly. Help them try to get out of that sin. Help them recover from our friends in that sin. It is wonderful. All right. Now, I hope that helps. Fresh applications. Quote that verse to yourself often. If we walk in the light, you walk in the light, my friend. I love a text over in Ephesians. I think it's Ephesians 4. One that Jerry Hunt Sr. preached one time. Never forget this. Awake thou that sleepest and arise the dead. This is not talking about actually really being dead. There the context is. It's just like you're dead. Awake thou that sleepest and arise the dead and Christ shall give thee light. I love Brother Jerry Hunt. Actors emphasize that last part of that. I've always had the first part. Awake thou that sleepest and arise the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. He, he emphasized, don't you want light? We don't have to walk through life sad and defeated, my friend. We shouldn't even. We need to walk through life victorious. Yes, we live in an ungodly world. We are ungodly ourselves, but we can live a positive life. God wants us to do that. Greater is he that's in you than he's in the world. We Christians need to be bright and shining lights to this world we live in. Not wealthy around like that we've lost our last friend. Because we have not lost our last friend because Christ is our friend. We need to be the exuberant, my friend, lights. We're to be light of this world, as the Bible says. 
and the salt of the earth. All right, now, Hebrews 10, 19, let me read that to you. Glorious context here. Glorious, in fact, I'm going to turn there and read the context this time. Look at Hebrews 10. Let's read the context. The blood, my friend, the power in the blood. Real, genuine power in the blood. Let me go to Hebrews 10. I want to get the context. That's a great book, by the way. Hebrews is great. If you haven't been there, I'll let you get in there. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 16. I couldn't even be a wider context, but this is good enough right now. This is the covenant I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds when I write them. My friend, that happened to you in regeneration. Immediate Holy Ghost regeneration. God wrote the same truth in this Bible. In your heart, you're regenerated. That's how you respond to the gospel. If you don't respond, maybe the word hadn't been in there. I hope it is. My friend, have you ever been cold? I have come to church being cold, and a preacher preaches, and I'll let my heart leap for joy. I have a revival because what he's preaching about has already been written in my heart. God wrote it in your heart. When you're born again, thank God for that wonderful, glorious truth of regeneration. You've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now verse 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, what do you about? You believe that? You're supposed to believe that. You ought to ask God to help you believe that. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He does not remember them. Now where a remission of these is, there is no more Offering for sin. Though we come to our verse 19 because of that glorious truth. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness, not going in backwards, boldness. That means freely going in to the throne room of God. You have that privilege and that right and that responsibility, man, I did. Having therefore boldness to enter to the holiest, the very holiest, the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is through his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw, this is beautiful now, get this verse 22. Let us draw near, get this verse 22, you need this. Take, take this three times a day, the doctor would say. Let us draw near with true, a true heart and full assurance of faith. I love that, full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with deep, pure water. <laughs> now, I, I won't read any more. That's great. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I'm going to go to Isaiah 118 and read that to you. I've already read it to you, but I'll read it again. And now I'm going to say something about the, the context there. Now, this is beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. No, let, let me do something else first. I think what I'll do first, I've got a little a song here, a little poem I found about this boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies. All right, are you, have, are you a sinner? Look, look at the sins. Sins against the Holy God. A Holy God. David said in Psalm 51, against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. 
Joseph told Potiphar's wife, how can I sin and do this great wickedness against God? Sins against the holy God. Sins against his righteous laws. We've all broken God's laws. If we even broke one, we're guilty of the whole law, James said. We've broken lots of laws. I have, you have too. Sins against his love. Yes, his blood. Sins against his name and cause. Sins immense as the sea. From them all, he cleanseth me. How about that? From them all, do you believe that? The blood, my friend, there's power in the blood if you believe that. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Isaiah uh, 118. I'll read that to you again. Now here's the context again. I won't, I'll just mention it to you. I was going to say this. I got some food while I go that I kind of told you this before, but I'll tell you again. If you look at Isaiah chapter 1, the Lord is really coming down hard on Israel. Israel had been in gross, terrible disobedience and backsliding. And the Lord is very displeased with them. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to hear your prayers. I'm not going to hear your sacrifices. They make me sick. You're in bad shape. And, I, and Israel was. They've done some terrible things. Terrible things. Been, got all kind of idolatry stuff and uh, rejected God. And you can just, it's awful. That's when he told them that famous text, you're full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, the crown of your head to the bottom of your feet. I can imagine some poor little child of God in despair. Then they hear this glorious, glorious. Like I think John Gill's right. I think that, that, that I don't think this connects with anything before, anything behind. I think God just threw this out there to encourage the child of God who felt their sins and they felt in despair. They needed some encouragement. You may be there today. I want to encourage you today. You may be a sinner. You may have messed up real bad, even this last week. You may have something going on that shouldn't be going on. Don't despair. Just repent. My brother and sister, there's good news, even for you, from what our Savior said. If you love him, he loved you first. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's a glorious text. That's a good memory text. Now my final verse, and I've got a reason for this, is when I finally get to where, and it will do from time to time, because we'll have to do this over and over again, get back and feel that cleansing blood, give me a fresh application, fresh apprehension of his precious blood. There's power in the blood, folks. There's power in the blood. Then we're strong to serve God. Because when we don't have this apprehension, we're cowards before the devil, before the world. We have to stay close to God to be able to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You may have a hidden sin that'll, that'll, that's terrible. I've heard about four men have even said, well, you, you guys don't say this. I've heard men say, well, pornography doesn't hurt anybody, but it's not hurting anybody. Yes, it is hurting. It's hurting other people. It's hurting you more than you think it is. Abstain, Peter says, from fleshly lust, which war, W-A-R, against the soul. I'll repeat that. You can't do things in secret like that and be strong. You can't do it. You put on a big front, a big smile. I've even known a preacher who preached great sermons, but they weren't living right. They finally caught up with them. It's real sad. I've known some good preachers. I love, great preachers I love. Just caught up with them. Listen. Abstain from fleshly lust which war against your soul. We've got to be open before God. We're in a battle. The devil hates our guts. He wants to flee from the enemy. We must not do that. I'm going to give you a couple of cases in a minute. I mean, he did not do that. Here we are, Proverbs 28, 1. 
The wicked flee when no man pursueth. And if we are, if we are acting wicked, that's what we do. We just, we're just scared all the time. I'm going to get found out. God's going to zap me or something like that. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Isn't that wonderful? The righteous are bold as a lion. I, I want to be bold as a lion. You ought to want me to be that way as a preacher. As I gave you that verse while I go from Ephesians 6, 18, 19. And for me, that I may be given utterance to speak the word of God boldly, and I ought to speak it. That's, I, I ought to, I, but I can't speak boldly. You could probably even tell it, you spiritual-minded people in the congregation, which I, I hope all of you are. Some of you more, I bet you, if I were living a double life, I believe you could detect it. I believe you say, there's something wrong, Brother Zach. I don't know what it is. Something's not ringing true. God forbid that would happen, my friend. Pray for me. I pray you would do that. And for Isaac and all of us, we need to be, we need to be open. I don't want to be an empty uh, suit. I don't want to be, have a sign hanging on my neck that to the highest bidder. I want to be real. I don't, be, I don't want you to be real, too. I want to be bold, not in an obnoxious way, in a biblical way. All right, now, let me tell you how bad it is. I'm going to tell you two, 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 two times. Let's look over in 1 Kings for a moment and see a man who is bold. This is Elijah. I'm going to turn over there. I'm going to go this time and turn over there. This will be over in 1 Kings chapter 18. Here's the setting. Ahab's been so terribly ungodly, this king of Israel been so very ungodly. And so so ungodly, God brought a drought, a, a drought upon the land. And they, a three-year drought, and they're about to starve to death. And so uh, God raised up Elijah to pray, and he prayed it would not rain. This, uh, James tells us about that in chapter 5 of James. Elijah prayed it would not rain. It rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. He prayed again. The heaven gave rain. The earth brought for her fruit. That's in James. So anyway, Elijah finally uh, gets, they they confront each other. Finally, Ahab can't find him, but finally they confront each other. And so Ahab Ahab brings this accusation. I want you to see how beautiful it is, how Elijah answered him. And you can do the enemy the same way. Verses 17 and 18, this is 1 Kings 18, verses 17 and 18. And it came to pass, this is verse 17 now, this is uh, 1 Kings 18 and verse 17. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubles Israel? Man, if Elijah hadn't been living right, he'd say, Oh, I'm sorry, king, I didn't mean it. I'm, I'll start praying, maybe it'll start raining. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. No, he didn't do that. He was bold as a lion. He threw it right back at him. Look what he said in verse 18. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that ye have forsaken the commandment of the Lord. And thou hast followed Balaam. He threw it right back at him. If he hadn't been walking with God, he couldn't have done that. My friend, people may accuse you. The devil is accusing you all the time in your conscience. He's the accuser of the brethren. Other people may accuse you, especially as we go into a more ungodly culture. You're going to be accused of being a homophobe. You're going to be accused of being uh, uncompassionate. You Christians are uncompassionate. Why should have a woman the right to do their own body? What she does. That's, you what you what this not this 2014 2024 campaign you, you wait and see 
They're already gearing it up. Trying to make pro-lifers look bad. You mean to tell me that, uh, that this governor uh, said we ought to have no abortion even for rape and incest? Well, my friend, the rape and incest is bad, but why kill the baby because it happened? But, they're, they're, but that's an emotional argument. They know what they're doing. You're going to have to be bold and know what you, where you stand on the Word of God if you're going to keep saying in this cesspool, we're going to be, you watch and see, we're fixing to see the mud slinging very much in this campaign, this crazy campaign that's coming up. We need to have our heads on straight, but we need to be close to God. We need to speak in love, but we need to speak boldly, not, not be ashamed of our dear Lord. So, okay, that, so that's Elijah. And then, even more importantly, bless, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? The devil's pretty tough, right? But brother, he can't, he can't defeat a bold Christian. He can't defeat a bold Christian. James chapter 4 verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will. Temporarily, but he'll flee. He, can't, he cannot withstand a bold Christian with a good conscience that has been washed afresh in the blood of Jesus Christ. Friends, I'm telling you, thank God there's power in the blood. Okay, Roy, get us a song and let's have a good old handshake. If there's anybody here that feels convicted of your sin that has not made a profession of faith in Christ Jesus and wants to do it, we'll be thrilled for you to do that this morning. Oh, we got Roy. Hey, man, I, I, let, me, let me quote two more verses. I'm sorry about that. Two verses. One verse was going to say, Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wound supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Another verse from another song. Worldly pleasures, once my dream, tempted by their gloss, till I saw the scarlet stream dripping from the cross. My friend, there's power in the blood of the Lamb.